Welcome to Inside Mineral Wells, the podcast that introduces you to the exciting people, places, and events that make Mineral Wells a magic place to live. Inside Mineral Wells is with Stacy Kraushorn, author of a soon-to-be-released book called Camp Walters. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Is it true that you went back to college in, specifically in order to write this book? Not specifically. It was one of the reasons, mm-hmm. yes. But I had always wanted to finish my master's in history. Mm-hmm. I kind of got uh, distracted by life's issues along the way and went to other areas Uh, so I knew I wanted to finish my master's in history and one of the main reasons was this book but but not the only reason. Who did you study with? I studied under Dr. Uh, Gerald Saxon over at UTA. Awesome. uh, I know him. He he, was there when I was going to college He was uh, my thesis uh, committee chairman. And Dr. Stephanie Cole. Okay and why did you choose this specific subject Camp Walters. Okay, well, it's a bit of a tale. Go for it. It goes all the way back to when I was an undergraduate at North Texas. Uh, We were hanging around outside of the classroom waiting for that class to get out for us to go in, and we were just talking about where we were from, and I said I was from Minner Wells, and somebody piped up and said, isn't that by Camp Walters or Fort Walters? I was like, how the hell did they know about that? You know, <laughs> I was like, I was dumbstruck. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's out there. And, uh, and so I got home that day and I called my mom and, and I said, Mom, somebody knows about Fort Walters. <laughs> and she just laughed and giggled. She's like, of course they do. I'm like, well, why, why would they? Because, I mean, I grew up here the uh-huh. whole time, but it clo- the, the fort closed when I was about four or five years old. Uh-huh. So I never had a a real picture of what it was in my mind and and frankly to be honest when you're growing up as a little kid you don't think about size and you know all the people right, and right. industries and everything you just know your own little world right. and I knew we went to Fort Worth so I thought <laughs> Fort Walters was somewhere you know, as a child, that's what I really right. thought. It wasn't until we got into, I got into about high school that I found out that it was an army base. And that's where we all drove around at at night and hung out at when we weren't supposed to. <laughs> when you weren't supposed to. <laughs> so that's, that was, that's the only ideas I had of Fort Walters at uh-huh. that point. And when I talked to my mom, she told me all about this history and how Judy Garland came here and, and uh, all these people and the governors and all these. I just couldn't believe it was so big. And so every time there would be an, uh, an old article from the index would uh-huh. print it, uh-huh. I would cut it out and I would save it and I would try to learn more and more about it. And I got kind of obsessed with it, frankly. And I started looking uh, into <laughs> old like newspapers me. and everything. Right. And I was just like, wow, this is really interesting. Do people know how big this was? Mm-hmm. And, and no, they frankly don't. And uh, it, that's how it all started. So basically, you've been researching since that point. Because you said you've been clipping out news articles. Yeah, so since the early 90s. <laughs> 
So you've been researching a long time. Yeah, no, not in earnest right. now. Just keeping information. But, but keeping information since then, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, how long did it take you to research the book? Oh, God. That, uh, that probably about three to four years of actual research time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of things missing that I would have killed to have had. Um, like what? Like what? Like uh, the index. <laughs> the Minerals Index yeah. from the 1940s? Nowhere. Uh, not even at the Dolph Briscoe newspapers down in UT. Yeah. They, they don't have those. Uh, the library. I went in 2013 to the library because mm-hmm. it's, it's said in the Camp Walters paper, because I did find that at the UT Center, uh-huh. uh, that, that they had all their stuff uh, at the Minerwells Library at that time. Right. But I went there, and they're like, no, we don't have it. We sent everything we had up to the North Texas Portal to Texas History. Right. So I called up there, and I talked to people up there, and they went and researched. And I was like, well, are you sure you don't have it in the back room somewhere? Right. No, they don't. They only have about to the early 80s, mid-80s mm-hmm. and stuff. They don't have anything. So we are missing this huge piece of information that would have just really put a, a different aspect yeah, to what yeah. I have here. That's a key time period, the 40s. It really? I mean, it, it, I, just, I really don't understand why we don't have those somewhere. I wonder what happened. I have the same trouble when I'm doing research. Yeah, it's, it's a pain. Yeah, and there's it really just this big gap in, in knowledge. Well, and then uh, I did have some of the Palapena County Star articles, mm-hmm. like from the late 30s to like about 42, I believe. Mm-hmm. But then they disappeared, too. <laughs> So I'm like, did everything Weird. just get recycled for the paper sounds like, drives? Sounds like a conspiracy here, Stacy. <laughs> oh, wait, it gets even better. It gets even better. Because I called uh-huh. the district court, the county clerk, the sheriff's office, the Minerals Police Department, then the fire department, all to get their records from uh-huh. the 40s during that time to follow up on several things that I right. found interesting. Nothing there. That is bizarre. Now, I think it was the county clerk told me that uh-huh. they are slowly working their way backwards trying to digitize their uh-huh. stuff, but I couldn't see those records because they're too fragile. Uh, yeah, I've heard that story so before. So I'm like... <laughs> Which I don't doubt, but it's just so discouraging. It is. <laughs> it's, so I had to deal basically with the Dallas Morning News, which uh-huh. was awesome, uh-huh. uh, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, uh-huh. What little bits I had from the Palapena County Star, yep. Colonel Casper's books were invaluable. Yeah? And they gave me a good idea of where I needed to go investigate further. Uh-huh. And then there was a thesis written in 1953 by Miss Winnie Fiedler. Yes. A long time. She's been published in a book. Yeah, a long time Minerwells history person. Uh-huh. And uh, she wrote uh, her thesis on Minerwells for UT back in then. And so those are my main sources. Uh-huh. And those are, there's a lot more I would like, but. I wonder what is in that information. I don't know. There's, there's just a lot. It's just, like I said, oh. it's been frustrating to me as well. I also tracked down the actual Army records for uh-huh. Camp Walters. Uh-huh. They are actually in uh, College Park, Maryland at the National Archives Museum. Uh-huh. However... It was during COVID when I was doing oh. my research, and I wasn't able to go and research, even though I begged them and no. 
Uh, so do they have some information from the 40s? <laughs> they do. Oh, they they have actual Army records up there. Right. But, um, you know, it's kind of a moot point now. now yeah, so. right, because you can't get to them. No. So despite there being a big chunk of missing information, I'm sure you had a lot of information. How yes. did you figure out what to include in the book? Because there's a many decades of information there. Oh, right. Okay, well... Um, my uh, advisor, Gerald Saxon, mm-hmm. he guided me through this process, and we did a lot of back and forth trying to figure out what I had, what I could find. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did hit some dead ends here and there, mm-hmm. but we basically came up with why Mineral Wells was chosen, mm-hmm. how it got chosen, mm-hmm. and how or what happened to mineral wells during the process of it okay, being here. Okay. And, and I still don't have all the records to prove all that either. Right. But from the uh, newspaper accounts that mm-hmm. I've been able to gather and um, just advertisements and things right. I've had together along the way, I've been able to piece it together for okay. pretty well. So let's start with why mineral wells? How did, how did a fort end up out here? Okay. Well, it all goes back to when FDR uh-huh. issued the Executive Order 8530, uh-huh. which, is, uh, which activated the National Guard for 12 months. Okay. Now, we already had the National Guard here at Mineral Wells at that time. Okay. Uh, um, that's a whole other story I'd like to talk about, too, because <laughs> how we got that from Waco is a whole different other story. Wow. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so we already had the National Guard here, and some... Local business leaders with mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerce, and the first one was Mr. Fred Brown. He was the one who, who was an assistant manager of the Baker Hotel. Okay. He was the one who proposed to the Chamber of Commerce that they chase getting up one of the military bases. Okay. Now, when uh, FDR issued that executive order, they knew they were getting ready to to declare war. They knew it was because this was uh, in 1940. Okay. And, and, you know, things were not looking good. Right. Uh, Great Britain was already at war at that yeah. time. You know, Germany, it was already happening. It was he, just a matter of time. He wanted us to get into the war before the country was really ready for it. Right. But he, he knew it was going to have to happen. So, anyway, when he na- uh, activated the National Guard for 12 months, uh-huh. that started a cascade of different things. Uh-huh. And one of them was uh, a bill called the Burt Wadsworth Act, otherwise known as the draft. Ah. Um, it took a while in, um, for people, the senators and everybody, to agree to it, and it was mm-hmm. very controversial. They well, did not sure. like having a peacetime draft never heard of in, yeah. you know, in the history of our country. Yeah. Uh, but they got it passed, uh-huh. and there was a key... Um, a key part of that bill, mm-hmm. which directly affected a lot of cities across America. The key part of that legislation in Section 3A states that no men shall be inducted for service of training until adequate provisions such as shelter, mm-hmm. sanitary facilities, water supplies, heating and lighting arrangements, medical care, hospital accommodations, and other things as determined by the Secretary of War and of Navy to be essential to public and personal health. Oh, my. That is big business right there. Millions and billions of dollars. And we were about to undergo 
this incredible induction because you know uh-huh, we, uh-huh. we had an army of like 165,000 you know before World War II uh-huh. after, right after World War I and we went to an army of over 8 million what? yeah we had over 8 million in just the army Oh, my goodness. So uh, we had to have training facilities all across the nation. Mm-hmm. We had 142 just here in Texas. Mm-hmm. So lots of, lots of, con- lots of uh, communities benefited from mm-hmm. that, that little piece that I just read to you. Mm-hmm. That was so valuable. It yeah. put the Great Depression completely out of the way for these little communities who were able to get right, a, an right. army base or an airfield or whatever. It, believe me, it, it turned things totally around for them. Wow. And wow. Uh, Mr. Brown, he knew that, and so that's when they started pursuing it. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he played a key role in getting it here. Yes, he did, certainly. Oh, man. So, obviously, like you said, communities benefited from it, but when you have an influx of people into the city and there were a large number of soldiers coming to the city what kind of problems did they that present oh boy let me tell you it it was like a boom town on steroids <laughs> uh, Minerwells at that time had a population of 6,303 the county was a little over 18,000 itself uh-huh. in four months Minerwells had over 25,000 people we were bursting at oh the seams. Oh, my gosh. I mean, restaurants were, were, were being, having to shut down in the middle of the day because they were running out of food. Uh, as soon as they would get stuff to put on their shelves in the, in the markets, it would be all. I mean, just, it, there, was place, there weren't places to sleep. People were actually renting out chicken houses. They what? were. They were actually renting out tile chicken houses. They were putting chickens out of their homes. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> uh, and there, you name it. People were sleeping in tents. Just what I call them mushroom accommodations. It was just everywhere. Anyway, they were also sleeping in shifts. Like uh, I think it was at the Damron Hotel. Uh-huh. Uh, they uh, would rent a room, but it was mm-hmm. by the hours. <laughs> you could sleep. And it's not for other reasons, you know. It was right, just for right. sleeping. And as soon as that person finished sleeping, another one would come in, and that's because they also had a whole bunch of different shifts. They had like the day shift, the uh-huh. dawn patrol, uh-huh. and the evening uh, shift, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it was it was constant, twenty four hours a day. So uh-huh. there was always somebody looking for, to fill them beds. Right. I mean, it, it was like, it was it was Boomtown Deluxe. Oh my gosh, um, I'm hoping Mineral Wells will be a Boomtown again, but I'm not sure we're prepared for that. <laughs> right. Well, nothing was. Our, our sanitary facilities. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, uh-huh. nothing was prepared for the water, the roads. We, we we were having lots of issues. <laughs> Goodness, man, I hope we're better prepared in the future. <laughs> so, there were some famous people that trained out there. Yes. I know that Audie Murphy trained out there. Right. And who else well, trained now, out there? There's, there's been quite a few people. Uh, Richard Crenna. I don't know if you remember him from, uh, he was an actor. Uh-huh. Do you remember Falcon's Crest? Yes, uh-huh. He was in Falcon's Crest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he was one of them. And um, let's see. There were, the, mo- the one that, I, that stands out to me uh-huh. is Eddie Slovic. Now, a lot of you are probably like, who is Eddie I've Slovic? I've heard that name. Well, Eddie Slovic is the exact opposite of Audie Murphy. Hmm. Eddie Slovic is the only 
soldier executed during World War II for desertion. What? Yeah. And uh, I actually came across some interviews with people who trained him mm -hmm. while he was out here at the base and who later had reflected on that his time saying they knew that something that he wasn't fit for service. Interesting. And they, they you know, said they tried to get him in a position where he wouldn't have to be on the front lines. Right. He, right. he was generally, genuinely scared to death. Oh, um, how he, sad. It was. And um, there, there's a couple of books on him, uh -huh. and they're very interesting. He was scared to death, and we executed him. He, well, not, well, he was scared to death to be on the front lines. Right. And because he, he ran off, mm -hmm. and, well, they decided to go ahead and execute him for desertion. Now, you know, Eisenhower didn't really want to do that, mm -hmm. but they felt like they had to take a stand mm -hmm. and show that, you know, we're not going to stand for this because we were hurting for soldiers back. Make an example out of yeah. him. Yeah. That's um, sad. It really is. And there's, there's books written on him? Or? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be interesting to check out. Oh, I, I've, I've yeah. got a couple. I'll let you know which okay. ones I've got. That's really great. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to famous people being trained there, we actually had famous people that came here to entertain the soldiers. Uh, oh there God. were a lot of them. There, there were so many. I can't even name all of them. Mm -hmm. And, frankly, I probably have to Google some of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know all oh, the celebrities mm -hmm. from the 40s. But uh, Chico Marx, I believe it was. Oh, well, the Marx Brothers. Yes. Yeah. They had a Pullman car load full of entertainment. Oh, my. Uh, is what he said when he came. And uh, they had just huge shows that Hollywood would bring into town. Uh -huh. um, you name it, Judy Garland, her husband, David Rose, uh, uh, Dale Evans, uh, uh -huh. Ginger Rogers. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, you name it. Oh, oh they had um, the boxers. Uh, Joe Lewis, uh -huh. uh, they had bouts, ex exhibition bouts for them. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That, there was always something happening all yeah. the time. That's amazing. And they, they brought these Pullman cars in. Was there a train into the fort? Yes, there actually was. Yeah, we had the, uh, the North Texas line right. that came through uh -huh. here. And um, they built a split that went right into Camp Walters. Uh -huh. And so Camp Walters was getting their own deliveries by that mm -hmm. every day. I think at the highest load is they were getting like 50 car loads full of equipment and uh, supplies a day in the process of building Camp Walters. Golly. Yeah. This place was massive. It was, it was about three times the size of Minner Wells. Wow. No wonder we had supply chain issues. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit more about the the soldiers because many people may not know that there were quite a few black soldiers out there. Were you able to find much history on them? Okay, that that's another problem that I had. I have the same problem trying to research their history here in Mineral Wells. There just is a dearth of history of African Americans in, in this mm -hmm, area. Mm -hmm. But um, okay, so yes. Uh, when it opened in 1941, mm -hmm. they did have uh, a battal two battalions mm -hmm. of African-American soldiers. And it's continued until 42. And I don't know the exact closing date because uh -huh. I, surprise, surprise, couldn't find it. <laughs> uh, it was in the 40s. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, they were excellent soldiers. Uh -huh. And uh, they... 
they had a famous, they called them the, the famous singing battalion. Apparently, uh, it was a tradition uh-huh. for people to come out close to the base on uh-huh. Saturday mornings and listen to the famous African-American battalion uh-huh. singing God Bless America. Wow. And, even, and Mary Whatley, who was editor of the uh, Palapena County Star mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. describes what inspiration that they took from that. And if right. only all Americans could hear how these soldiers sung so eloquently, they mm-hmm. would be so inspired to support right. their country. Right. So uh, and we had quite a few African Americans out here, and it, and they were good soldiers. Mm-hmm. Actually, we had several, uh, three of them that uh-huh. won um, medals of honor from out here. Wow! Now I know they had um, their own USO building here in Mineral Wells. Yes, we actually had five USOs here in Mineral okay. Wells. Okay, uh, their USO building. Uh, is down there, used to be Dunbar, I think, uh-huh. in the, in the, anyway, in the Dunbar area. Uh-huh. And, uh, but they didn't get theirs as soon as the white soldiers got theirs. Mm-hmm. The, the, the white soldiers had theirs pretty much as soon as they got here. But the uh, African-American soldiers, they got theirs uh, about a year later. Oh, man, that's uh, not just a little bit later. That's a long time later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's regrettable, but... Um, so we talked a bit about before we started recording um, about how the government promised to keep Camp Walters permanent, but you and then they ch- something changed. Okay, what changed now that came from Fort Walters, which happened in the late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. That's when they promised that they would forever stay. Mm-hmm. During Camp Walters, uh, which was World War II, they did not make that promise. So we knew at some point that mm-hmm. they would close. Right. Uh, you know, we had hoped that it was going to be, there was talk about it being a uh, disabled soldiers hospital for a while. Oh, interesting. Uh, a rehab place, uh-huh. uh, all sorts of, and, and but nothing really panned out. But that promise of being a forever part of Mineral Wells, uh-huh. it, that doesn't get made until Fort Walters comes along during the Vietnam War. Okay. And what um, what key thing that do you hope that people take away from reading your, reading your book? Well, the thing that has stood out for me for all of this is that mm-hmm. I think back to how little I knew about our community mm-hmm. before I found out and did all this research. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really didn't think many people ever heard of Mineral Wells, mm-hmm. much less camp or Fort Walters, mm-hmm. and I personally cannot imagine mm-hmm. how what bustling streets there were. Mm-hmm. There, the, the street scenes at Minerwells during that time are described like street scenes from New York. They're saying it took an hour to get through downtown. My. Yeah. An hour? An hour to In get through downtown. <laughs> they, they would park out on the fields and just leave their cars on the sides of the roads. Because they couldn't get through, the traffic was so bad. It, it's just—it's like an alternate universe. Wow! I, I just can't see how this this huge, huge thing we had of this mm-hmm. Camp Walters, and then we came back down to this little tiny yeah, town that we yeah. have. That's you know we're doing good, you know, at seventeen thousand people. You know, you know imagine living at that time and seeing before, during, and after. Exactly. It, it had just to be been boggling. Like, yeah, this is like shock. 
experience. Yeah. So you know, back when it was a health resort, they said that even though the population was only like four thousand, like mm-hmm. nineteen oh seven, mm-hmm. nineteen fourteen in that time period, they would have a hundred and fifty thousand people come each summer. Yes. And and now Obviously not all at the same time, right. but that meant they had thousands of people in the town every day during the summer. Right, and also during the summer during that time, mm-hmm. the uh, National Guard would have their annual summer uh, training sessions, which would bring in even further people. Oh, wow. So, I mean, th- that was really a big time for Minna uh-huh. Wells. Mm-hmm. But, of course, when the Army came in, mm-hmm. we stopped, we, our small stuff started going way down. Uh, yeah, because yeah. there there wasn't no room for them. Yeah, the army yeah. and the people took everything, <laughs> and so even uh, that first year in '41, we lost a several conventions because they were afraid that there wasn't enough room for them. Oh, I hadn't thought about that because this was a big convention city. It was huge. We've had the the Texas Republicans, the the Texas Democrats, uh-huh. the uh, the uh, bar association meetings, the medical association uh-huh. meeting. You name it. This was. Our convention center was going a hopping place, uh-huh. and I don't know why they tore it down. Oh, and the heck is it gone house, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but our convention center was going all the time. Right, we were having right. 30 to 40 conventions a year. And then the soldiers came Then the in. soldiers come a-marching to town. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, that, that brought in a more steady stream of income, right, right. obviously. And because of that, we were able to add to our infrastructure Increase mm-hmm. our roads, our waterways, uh, increase our schools and school spending, bring mm-hmm. in a lot more uh, diverse uh, businesses than uh-huh, what we had, uh-huh. more manufacturing. Mm-hmm. But then when it went away, it kind of went down right. a while. Right. But luckily for us, Minner Wells did such a good job mm-hmm. in working with the Army uh-huh. that when um, the Korean War started off, uh-huh. they said, hey, we got an idea. Can we come back? Oh, <laughs> And that's okay. when uh, they come back and they take over Camp Walters, but it's the um, Walters Air Force Base with, it's a SCARWAF base uh-huh. with Air Force. Okay. But it was basically Army engineers learning how to do Air Force stuff. Okay. And they, they, uh, they instead of training men to serve in the Army, they train engineers to build stuff. Okay. So okay. the most of the roads that we drive on out there and the uh-huh, bridges, uh-huh. they were made by people learning how to do that for the Army overseas, but they uh-huh, were training for uh-huh. it here. Interesting. So they remembered, and they came back. Yeah. And then they came back again. Well, actually, they, they, when the Korean War stopped uh-huh. or settled, uh-huh. before they, they never left. They, it went directly from the Air Force to uh-huh. being handed over to the Army. Okay. And then they became... Fort Walters. Okay. So it was kind of like a, just a smooth transition. And actually, my dad, uh-huh. he was on the platform because he was a, a captain at that time, and uh-huh. he had his uh, discharge out here at the base. He was on the, the platform when they were handing over the set of keys from the Air Force to the uh, Army again. Very cool. Something, wow, that's something. So there was no break between, like, the Korean War and the Vietnam War? Not for Camp Walters, or okay. Fort Walters, no. Okay. And then, of course, with the Vietnam War, when it wound down, they pulled out. And, and that's, yeah. It's been when 
when you remembered it being just completely it just vacant. Com- yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just like a vast lands of yeah. nothing, yeah. You know, a wasteland almost. Is no, what it I was almost that. like a city. They even had a swimming pool out there. A swimming right? pool. They had six different churches. I mean, <laughs> it was just like it was like I a little imagine. community. They did. It yeah. was huge. It was bigger than Mineral Wells. <laughs> Yeah, you said that, but I was like, I can't fathom that. I, I know. It, it's unreal how many they had, but it's the truth. That's just incredible. And, of course, during uh, the Vietnam, it became triple that size. So. Ah, are you kidding me? No. Triple? Triple what it was during World War II, yeah. I'd be interested to know how they handled the infrastructure during that time. <laughs> Well, thank God we'd had the engineers in between and put up roads and true, stuff. So. True, true. Yeah. That's another book. That, it certainly is, yes. <laughs> well, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share with everyone? Well, I think we've shared most of the things. Uh-huh. I just want people to understand that Minner Wells is more than what we see. Oh, yeah. I'm it trying is, to get that across, too. It is a lot yeah. more than, you know, empty storefronts, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the, the the closing businesses. Yep. It's yep. a lot more than what we grew up with. Yep. And we should be proud of our history because we, us, yep. helped win World War II. You're right. If it hadn't been for men or wells... Mm-hmm. You know, those soldiers, 250,000 mm-hmm. who trained out here, they wouldn't have had place to hang out mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. had relaxation on the mm-hmm. weekends, recreation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, we gave the officers places to live. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. between here and Weatherford, officers were all over the place. Yep. So, yep. I mean, Minner Wells was their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we really should be proud of our military heritage. Yep. And, and, and let's just think about how devastating it was when they left us yeah you know we need to celebrate what we can yeah and more than winning a war all those all those soldiers and the the women that were working out there learned valuable skills that they were able to apply after the war yes uh, we did have wax out there too oh yes we had our own contingency of wax they came Uh in uh june of 43 stayed till the very end Uh and they did all sorts of things a lot of them trained the people the soldiers that had a lower academic abilities Mm -hmm. but they were they did everything from mechanics to driving to there you go bulldozing they did everything the women worked their tails off the people that built things after the war Mm -hmm. yep is there anything else you want to share i i I just hope that people enjoy it, and um, I know I've pretty much stumbled over things, but uh, I've got, <laughs> I, I'm doing okay, I guess. Uh, uh, I, I think we've covered any, oh, hang on. By the end of 1946, uh-huh. our permanent population had increased um, by 12.6%. Our yearly income uh-huh. as a county had increased 78.3%. Our county retail sales uh-huh. had increased 64%. New home sales had increased 59.8%. And we had improved septic water systems, community centers, expanded schools, roads, and airports. And this was by when? 1946, by the time they closed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
And then they left us. And then they left us. But we knew that was coming. Yeah. There was no, there were, there wasn't an understanding of they were going to stay here at that right, time. Right, right. So actually, and when they left, they turned it over to the uh, Camp Walters Improvement Association. Uh-huh. And they, they were businesses, uh, uh, businessmen around here who gathered to do that. Uh-huh. And they started selling off parts of the land. We actually had a silk farm out there briefly. Oh, is that where the silt farm was? Out yeah, there? Out that way, yes. I'll be darned. I'd heard about that place. It, yes. Who was it that had that silt farm? I can't remember the name off the top was of Was it Norwood? Dr. Norwood? I honestly don't I'll remember. i have to look into that. But I, I kind of just put that to the back. You know? Yeah. I was like, I, well, I got enough to study. I know. <laughs> you had plenty to see. You don't need any more rabbit holes to go no, down. there was enough. <laughs> I get off on those rabbit holes. <laughs> They're deep. <laughs> no. Yeah, I go into that, too. So. You have a hard time digging out of those things. <laughs> yes, yes. So, All right. Well, appreciate you being on the show. Well, I appreciate you asking, and, yeah. and thank you very much. And I hope everybody enjoys the book and learns a little bit Another more about will. our history. And when is it going to be released? It is released June 12th. You can order it already on uh, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and several other sites. And we hope that it will be available around the city at various locations to be determined. So uh, just get ready for June 12th, our opening date. So Super. I've already ordered mine. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening, y'all. Stacy mentioned empty storefronts. Well, those storefronts are no longer empty. As a matter of fact, Mineral Wells just won the Texas Travel Awards statewide best revitalization for downtown. So those storefronts, those storefronts are happening now. Be sure to like this episode and follow the podcast so you don't miss the next one. You can also follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Special thanks to Brazos Market and Bistro for letting Stacy and I sit and chat and soak up some atmosphere in their dining area. Do you have a topic you want to talk about? Something you want to hear about? A question about mineral wells? email me at insidemineralwells at gmail.com. Find me anywhere you listen to your podcast or follow Inside Mineral Wells on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or insidemineralwells.com.